0: Please dive in. Fatherhood, confidence, and money. Welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. My name is Trevor Bohm. I'm the founder of the Uncivilized Movement, the author of the books, Man Uncivilized and Today I Rise, and the founder of the Uncivilized Nation and your host for the next 50 minutes with my good friend and brother, Stefanos Safandos. Now, Steph is an idol of mine. He's a guy I look up to. He's a powerhouse in the men's movement, in the writing movement, in the author movement, fatherhood movement, weightlifting movement, kettlebell movement. This guy's just a stud, right? He's the guy that you're like, oh, this is a guy who has it all together all the time. And yet he's going to share with you some real truths today about his life as a father, a new father, his life as a businessman, and his life as a man. When I have an opportunity to sit down with Steph, I never waste it because it's just action packed. It's just gem after gem after gem. Truly, I could talk to this man for the next four hours and still be like, okay, I have 50 more questions. So saddle up for this one, guys. Uh, Steph had a baby about six months ago and so he dives into the reality of fatherhood. And I really wanted him to hone in a question I get from you all a lot, which is how do I create more confidence? How do I walk through the world more confidently as a man? And then lastly, since everybody loves money, I wanted to dive in with Steph about ways he worked with his clients, usually men, but also women, to create more income, to create more revenue, and to work through a lot of the blocks that they may have around this. So grab a pen and paper, take a deep breath, get some kombucha, and get ready for Stephanos Sifandos. Before we dive in, guys, if you we're gonna talk, he and I talk about also the nice guy paradigm in this. If you're hearing this and you thinking, wow, I am a nice guy, this is me. I'm avoidant of conflict. I'm, I'm afraid of the world. I'm afraid to ask my needs to be met. I, I feel like I need to play small and keep quiet and make everybody happy but me. Please check out the course I have for you. ManUncivilized.com forward slash kill the nice guy. Six modules, let's get you through this. We've already gotten hundreds of men through the program. And their success is wild. They're showing up differently in their families, in their work, in their finances, in the bedroom, everywhere. Manoncivilized.com forward slash kill the nice guy. Okay, without further ado, my brother, Stefanos Safandos. Stefanos Safandos. Do you ever have people say that like five times fast at the start of an interview? <laughs> Stefanos Safandos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my friend, uh, Steve. <laughs> he uh, his son so this is years ago he's a longtime friend his son like four or five years old would come around to the gym the crossfit gym that i used to own and steve would train there and also work there and his son would just walk around the gym and his home just saying my name stephano 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 I just sing it and just walk around it was fucking hilarious reminded <laughs> me of that when you said that
0: welcome back to the podcast brother it is a pleasure <laughs> to you. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I have a feeling this is going to be a wild conversation filled with all kinds of great knowledge and intense fuckery, which is, uh, <laughs> which is yes. exactly what I'm going for. Uh, yes. Before we dive in, I asked you a question before we started, and you started to answer, and was like, "Cool, let's let's throw this actually mm. on cord." Mm. How is fatherhood?
1: Mm. I thought you were going to ask me why is my face so red, but <laughs> we do not know how to worry about that. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on with this saturation of color. Anyway, fatherhood is that, man. It is it is really beautifully intense and really intensely intense in, in uncomfortable ways. It is it is the, the, the latest phrase that I have come up with, um, which I don't think is anything new, but it's just the way that I'm saying it, is that new experiences will bring up new layers of old trauma. And that is what is happening for me on that end of the spectrum. If there was a linear spectrum, that's sure. infinite, by the way. And the other end is my heart is opening so much, I, I can't even fathom, I cannot logically understand it. I cannot believe it. I th- feel overwhelming ecstasy like I am on some form of psychedelic multiple times a day when I I, I gaze into her eyes and she gazes at me and she reaches for my face or she laughs when I walk into the room or she smiles. Man, I just the, – the she is so precious. She is so innocent. I'm overwhelmed with emotion just thinking about how fucking amazing she is and how much responsibility I have as a father, not as a parent, just as a parent, but as a father, as a man, helping her navigate this world and be a guide of her own sense of self Helping her navigate her personality, her sexuality, her expression, her values like all these things, right? Just and she's just so precious and so innocent, and it brings up all these emotions, man. And I'm giving you a snippet of what I feel it's like a roller coaster. I'm already grieving and mourning when she's in her late teens or 20s, whatever, and she becomes independent and moves away from this family unit, and she's never going to really remember. She will in a nervous system. She'll remember the the safety that she feels, the calmness that she feels, but she'll never sort of lo- like cognitively remember in explicit memory the care that her parents took for her mm-hmm. because I don't remember that as a child. And now I'm reflecting on it. wow, I wonder what my mum thinks of me now as an adult. Like, but, but she did all these things for me to keep me alive and keep me safe. And my mind is just a fucking being blown, man. And I'm just – I don't want to keep talking because it would be too much, but it's just – it's everything.
0: It's like when you ask them, like, so how's ayahuasca? <laughs> <laughs> Let me block out the next 36 hours. And uh, tell you all about it. I appreciate the, the honesty, truly. Yeah. I would love if you would touch on how do you personally navigate that level of responsibility? Because I imagine there are people with less skill, not that you're not human and you don't, you're not allowed to have your own humanity, but just with less skill, how, how do you find? How do you keep yourself in check when that idea, which seems like it's fifty miles wide, and I don't have kids, so I can only imagine it's probably fifty thousand miles wide? How how do you carry all of that now?
1: Yeah, now, now a lot better than I was the last few months. To to be really honest, I've, uh, I've been stuck in my pain, man. I've been stuck in that trauma. I've been, uh, as a result of that, i have been selfish, defensive, egoic. Um, i 've been projecting i haven 't been nice to my wife i 've been frustrated i 've been short i 've been impatient i 've been thinking about what i don 't have and what i 'm missing out on and what I could be doing when i 'm nurturing and being with my daughter i'm i'm you know shades of old i 'm not a fan of the conventional term toxic masculinity sure uh, and I think you know that we 've spoken about that it's it 's loaded and bullshit yeah. but uh, toxic elements and unhealthy elements shadow shadow expressions of my masculinity have been coming out that that have been pulled directly from my father's lineage Mm -hmm. so i'm noticing i've noticed that and up until a couple of weeks ago you know it was very christine and i my wife were in very shaky grounds Mm. to you know to the extent where i said you know maybe i should move out of home create some space and i didn't want to do that but i just i i just I, i don't know We were so in such tension because sleep deprivation and we weren't communicating effectively and it was there was stuff that was under the surface that wasn't being said and that wasn't being spoken to because we were prioritising the well-being of our child, mm-hmm. um, and our individual selves, and we weren't prioritising us in those moments. And the first time she, in our relationship, she said, "Yeah, yeah maybe that's an option." Mm-hmm. And she said that, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, interesting. We're in very, very, we are in very interesting situation right now." Um, and that's literally what I said to her. That's literally what I was thinking in that, or in that way, like, "Oh, okay." This is where we're at. This is, this is interesting. And so long story short, a couple of weeks ago, we, we created space for each other. We went deep. We reconciled in very meaningful, visceral, somatic ways. I took a, a lot of ownership of um, where I was at and the wounds that I was not tending to. And I just was very honest with what was coming up for me. She felt very seen, very heard. I did as well. I extended the olive branch. I, I, I got out of my ego. I got out of my uh, power dynamics. And so did she. Um, and we have genuinely settled into deeper connection and union, which is very, very beautiful and, and so healthy for Athena as well, our daughter, uh, and just the family dynamic. I feel more at peace and more at ease, and the interesting thing is is I'm actually being far more genuinely present, authentically present for her and, and, and Athena, for Christine and Athena, and as a result of that, it's, it's more of my time is there, yet I feel more free and more spacious which is paradoxical, uh, uh, paradoxically intriguing. Yeah. So that's sort of where I've been with that. Man,
0: thank you. You know, I, I imagine myself included, most people think that like you wake up at like 9.02 after eight and a half hours of sleep and the baby has changed its own diaper and you and Christine make love on hundred dollar bills in the morning. And then organic juice falls out into like a glass and you know then you massage each other and you read each other a little poetry so uh, good. so true
1: so accurate Are you do you have cameras in our house yeah. uh
0: it sounds like steph that you're a parent and yeah. from what i've heard oh, from yeah. every parent is that every crack in the foundation no matter how small will get exposed mm. to parenthood so good for you yeah. good for you one for yeah. just being Transparent about it and to navigating it again skillfully. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's huge, brother. It's huge. And I hope you're giving yourself credit for that. That, like, if it was an archetypal part of being a parent, that you guys come to that brink and then have to reconnect, and you've done that quite skillfully.
1: Yeah, we, we, yeah. And after a few months of, you know, uh, emotional and relational debauchery, we we definitely we definitely we definitely have now and we continue to do so and and i can still catch myself like i still catch myself going into deeper frustration the interesting thing is like i i vowed many years ago to never be my father Mm. and uh for many years ago i vowed it from a place of anger and and regret and just ugliness so to speak like unresolved trauma and shadow and then years later i still vowed to not be like my father but from a place of genuine love a care and compassion for him and just thank you for teaching me. And now, I'm, I'm I'm seeing myself being elements of my father. And it's interesting. I'm not judging myself. I'm just noticing. Uh, and th- that in and of itself, the, 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 that situation being, I don't want to say completely devoid of judgment. There's probably some judgment, but it's very it's very low level, right? But that low level self judgment isn't as high as what it has been in the past. And I'm I'm noticing that, and I find that interesting. And it's it's helping me understand my father in deeper ways. And- and again, new experiences evoking new layers of old trauma that I've very much worked through extensively, yet extensively doesn't always mean fully. Sure. And so that's coming up now as well. And, and, and even, even a, a deeper desire to be closer to him, he, he's still alive, and, but he lives in Greece. So really wanting to be in his physical presence. And um, yeah, there's still that part of me. This is interesting, man. There's still that part of me. And I've had the, I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with a friend. There's still that part of me that's like, See, Dad, look what I'm doing. I'm a great father. See, Dad, look, I made a, a million dollars last month. Or see, Dad, look, right. I I got this car. Or see, Dad, look, I I got this uh, really fast time in my workout today. Right? There's still a part of me that, that that seeks that. It's not even approval and validation. It's it's being seen. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that ever leaves us as as boys. Yeah. It, it just doesn't.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask when you said. Twice, like I vowed to not be my father. I'm so curious if that's a possibility. Unless you completely bypass and create a false sense of identity, you know, it, it, I, I don't know, man. I don't think we get rid of that software stuff. It's no right, like fully. I, and I don't, I don't know. I think if we, we need to stop navigating it.
1: Right? Yeah. Well, it's that. It's that, brother. I don't think we need to get rid of it. I think what what happens or what would Quote unquote, need to happen is that our relationship to that experience to that history to that thing that evolves that shifts and changes
0: mm. say a little bit more if you would
1: yeah so like you said i don't think it ever goes away for example let me use the example of moodiness right and so by no means do I think I have a pathology or, or uh, a personality disorder or anything like that. I, I just I grew up in a household, particularly both my parents, but particularly my father was very moody, very up and down. Yeah. Would I say that he would, he? would I say that he has a pathology? Potentially, potentially, potentially manic depressant? Potentially, put that aside for a moment. That's irrelevant. Yeah. The moodiness that I grew up with, and I notice that and that was very much dictated to by his external circumstances so the night before if he won a lot of money he was a gambler a gambling addict if he won a lot of money gambling everything's great yeah if you didn't fuck forget about it don't even be in the house an earthquake's happening you know you drop a spoon and he'd just lose his shit you know i'd cough too loud i'd just cough as a kid and he'd scream at me you know like it was just very very volatile right and now by no means am i do i behave in that to that extreme or that extent at all but I, I notice my, my mood fluctuating, right? Now, over the years, this has moved into greater equilibrium. But the last couple of months, I've noticed that happening a little more, right? Now, so if I go, I think that's a direct result of my upbringing. If I go to my past, say a few years ago, five or 10 years ago even, maybe even three years ago, that moodiness, which is a reflection of my parental dynamic with my father, and what I experienced there and my household, the way that I would be with that moodiness is it would a couple of things. It would prolong, I would be unaware of it, it would be more intense. Now it's less intense, it doesn't last as long. I'm more curious about it. I'm practicing self-compassion. I'm noticing it. I'm taking ownership of it if my wife notices it and points something out. Cause she'll point something out in very loving ways, very seldom. Very seldom is she aggressive or, or or projecting. Very seldom she's she's really amazing. Like us, and I and I mean that. And yes, I'm biased, but I, I I really I really mean that. And that is what I mean by a relationship changing to it. And so I would imagine another two or three years, if if evolution is linear or growth is linear to some capacity. That, that my relationship would shift and change again. The frequency would be less. The volume would be less. The intensity would be less. The, the way I see it and view it would even be with deeper levels of compassion. That's what I mean by a relationship to the thing changing. It doesn't need to leave us. Right. Because I think, in fact, it remaining with us gives us a gift of deepening,
0: mm-hmm. whatever,
1: whatever the deepening may be for us individually.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. W- would you mind sharing a little bit more about the desire to create? A re- do you have a relationship with your father? Yes. Yes. Okay. Very much so. And yes. you said just a, a few minutes ago that you're you're interested in now being more in his physical presence.
1: Yeah, well, I live in I live in Austin, and he's in Greece, yeah. and I haven't seen him for a couple of years. Oh, okay. physically. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. With you know, with all the fucking debauchery and debacle with COVID, and yeah, yeah, yeah just uh, just okay. everything, everything around yeah. ge- geopolitically how that was handled and how it is being handled. Right. Um, it, it just made it very difficult to travel. Now that's a lot easier, and just difficult for me to leave my family right now while we're in a, in a, in a routine, it's infancy stages, you know, so, and he can't travel. Okay. He, he can't, he I mean, he could get here because he's, he's, uh, he, he's very fear-based. So he's been vaccinated and all those things, but he's had cancer a couple of times and the doctors over there, man, they like, you have to do this and you have to do that. And he just listens. Okay. Um, he can come over from that, but health-wise it's probably not, he, bro. He's also 81 years old. It's right. not necessarily smart that he jumps on a plane. That could be damaging for him. Sure. So it's just it's, I have to go there, which I want to go, and I, I miss Greece. I just, timing-wise, it's challenging at the moment.
0: Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. yeah. Steph, let, let's go back a bit to where you said there's still a part of you that's not seeking. I, I want to tease this out, like an upper-level conversation for someone that's done a fair amount of work, has gone to therapy, is in a men's group, is doing this, and still feels the nagging pull to hey dad look at me hey dad yeah. look at me I, I know you work with a lot of men on inner child work and healing the bigger piece of that pie how do you recommend people navigate the the tail end of it like the last eight percent nine percent where or, or do you just say hey you just accept it like i remember a, a super faster an interview with michael jordan when he was Michael Jordan, like he'd been in the mm-hmm. NBA for a couple of years, he was kicking ass. And someone said that his college coach had watched his, uh, the last game he played. And instantly he was like, Well, what, what, what did he say about how I played? Right? Uh-huh. This is like, you're the best in the world. You've been the best in the world a number of times, but yes. still that father figure yeah. when he was 18 and 19. Like he really wanted to know that man's reaction. Yep. So I'm curious, do you recommend with the guys that you work with? that they take that eight, nine last percent and say, okay, that has to be worked through or is it just like you were saying, well, I'll acknowledge it and allow it to deepen me in some regard. Does that yeah. question
1: make sense? It absolutely does, yeah. I don't, and the immediate response, and I think it's a, it's a multifaceted response, is there's no, there's no one blueprint for that. I, I think what you, what you uh, said about acceptance, mm-hmm. that's part of the process for sure, right? And acceptance looks different for every person. And for every man that's going through that, it also looks different with respect to like what's the come from or the energy around that. Generally speaking, if the energy around that that validation or um, need to know how uh, that figure, that parental figure, that father, that father figure feels and thinks about us, if there's a need there, like a compulsion – we're probably not in the 8 or 9% range. We're more like, you know, 50%, 60%, something like that, whatever it may be, right? Yeah. If we're in the 8 9% range, it's more like a feeling that also brings like a sense of peace and joy mm-hmm. and curiosity. And so my invitation to men when they're in that, you know, in the nuance and the minutia of that is get curious about that, like going through those feelings. Now, if they have, if their father is alive and present in their lives and they have a quote-unquote good relationship, like a healthy, open, communicative relationship with their father's, I would actually encourage them to share that with their fathers mm. and, and get their feedback and get their response. But there's a caveat to that. And the caveat is don't do that if you're insecure. Don't do that if you're looking for praise, because you may be disappointed, even though you may have a healthy relationship, he may not give you the response you want. And that's going to sp- spiral you down. The eight, 9% turns to 20 or 30%. Mm. So you've got, to, you've got to cultivate a sense of confidence within yourself. Now, let's go back to the, the response of how I, how I, the question of how I deal with men is, I want to work then on their confidence. I want to work on their core, the core essence of who they are, their spirituality, their sovereignty, their worth validated by their internal selves as opposed to external means and modalities, whether it's a father or a a status symbol or the car that they drive or how much dollars they have in their bank account, whatever. So we want to keep working on that. And that naturally will help or evolve the compulsion or the feeling of that. But here's the thing that I'm going to say. Ultimately, about that which we've touched on, I don't think it goes away, man. I don't think any boy, and the little boy living beside an adult man, doesn't yearn in healthy and/or in unhealthy ways to be seen by his father, to be accepted and respected by his father or father figures. There is there is something that when we are tapped into our own sense of maturity, we have a desire, and again. it's on the spectrum, right? It's unhealthy when we're not in our maturity, but when we're in our maturity, it's a healthy desire to be witnessed by our peers or our mentors or people that we revere and respect. Now, when we become attached to that and it has to happen, and if it doesn't happen, we, we lose our shit and our equilibrium, that's unhealthy shadow. When, it does, when that doesn't happen, we become curious, even disappointed, but we accept who we are and we know who we are. That's just very natural for men to be like that. We've evolved that way, man. We've evolved in tribes. We've evolved in peer groups where literally the efficacy of our partners, of our, the men that were in our tribe alongside of us, and the way they saw us and challenged us and asked us to be better really allowed us to survive. So there's, there's something innately neurological in that as well to be seen by our fellow peers.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you and completely love it. I think it's a, a conversation that a lot of guys who are isolated, which is a fair number of men, uh, they don't get that feedback, mm-hmm. even if sometimes that feedback is hard. And
1: mm-hmm. one of the
0: things they're actually missing is someone in their life being like, hey, man, you got to get the fuck up and get out of bed and get after it because you said two weeks ago you're going to get up, get out of bed, and get after it, and you're not doing that. And we, we t- I think a lot of men also misconstrue that – oh, in that group, I'm just going to be getting the high fives. I'm just going to be getting the praise. I'm just going to be getting like, look at you. Good for you. And they're missing. They, they crave both. Steph, can you dive into or please dive into anything else you want to talk about or, or, or could talk about around confidence itself? I get a ton of messages from guys, nice guys specifically and say, hey, what I'm really after, you know, I think they're coming to me like, I want to have more sex. I want to make more money. And then they're like, I don't give a shit about that. I actually want to feel confident when I walk into a room. I want to feel confident. I go on first dates, but I feel like a, a three-year-old who's, you know, got every on the spotlight on him. What What are some of your thoughts around the cultivation of confidence specifically for men?
1: Mm. So, if you take yourself back and anyone that's listening to this, close your eyes for a moment. And the vast majority of you would have this experience. Maybe not everyone, but the vast, vast majority. Close your eyes for a moment. Remember when you were on training wheels riding your bicycle, right? And eventually, at some point, you got comfortable on those training wheels. It was a challenge at first, it was difficult. And then you took maybe one training wheel off and started riding with one training wheel. Now you did that for a while, and that was challenging balance and coordination. You're scared you're going to drop and fall and hurt yourself and bang. And then you took the other training wheel off and it was wobbly. And then you, you got used to it. And then three years later, you're, you're jumping off of jumps you on your BMX bike. And you're doing all those things, right? And you're confident now. You're confident through a couple of key principles. You've committed to challenge and to move through the challenge. And you've been consistent in your practice around that. So you've been patient as well. So I look at practice, persistence, and patience now the way that we can apply practice persistence and patience is by challenge so it's so important for men to challenge themselves in every arena of life because it's challenge and it's it's the moving through the challenge it's the toughness and the resilience mental emotional spiritual physical toughness is our ability to move through the challenge resilience is our ability to recover from the challenge that is what directly creates confidence when we couple that with a deliberate reflection on the things that we've done and how we've moved through them that enhances our confidence and so for me when we talk about confidence just do difficult things do things that scare you Mm. reflect on those things diligently how they served you how they've added value to your life how they've added value to the lives of others to your community to the people that you love and care about Challenge is a direct pathway to cultivating greater confidence in sexuality, in romantic love, in intimacy, in, in sharing emotions, in vulnerability, in, in physical praxis, in, in your purpose, in your mission, in your career path, whatever it may be. Doing difficult things and elevating yourself and learning new things helps you build confidence because it exposes you to something. Now, what happens sometimes is that we run, we get addicted to that that. Um, confidence and it, and it transmutes into arrogance, right? We're still confident, but it, trans, it, it projects as arrogant. That isn't necessarily socially mm, appealing. It can be, depends on what scenarios, uh, like in polarity dynamics, a certain level of arrogance can be, but too much is, is, is definitely off-putting after a period of time. Mm-hmm. So without getting too deep into that, challenge equates to confidence. Overcoming challenge, I should say, equates to confidence.
0: I don't even have to say, I hope you're loving this conversation because I know you're loving this conversation with Steph. Folks, I would also love to invite you to an event that I have going on with my good friends and co-teachers, Leela Dilla and Dr. Jeremy Goldberg. And this is December 27th through January 3rd down in the Dominican Republic. It is called The Awakening. It is our yearly New Year's workshop, and this one is going to be incredible. This one, Leela, Jeremy, and I, instead of kind of collaborating and teaching with each other, are each taking our strongest points and teaching them individually. Yes, you have us for the week, but we're each doing breakout sessions and our own subject. So this one's going to be extraordinary. Please check out manuncivilized.com forward slash the dash awakening. And even if you don't want to come to the workshop, just check out this facility. This is like a 40 hut treehouse in the Dominican. Literally go to the website I just listed, manuncivilized.com forward slash the dash awakening and watch their video. Just watch the video. Even if you have no plans on coming, or you're like, hey, I wonder what a really good uh, promo video looks like. Watch their video. It's right there on the website. All right, back to Steph. Where do men most often mess that up? Like what's uh, the step? On on creating confidence on mm. is it the idea of like okay cool I'm just gonna read the book I'm gonna watch a YouTube video on confidence like what's the missing step for guys that, that you find that if you could categorize it into the most common missing step
1: yeah they do, they're they're partaking in challenges that they think other people want them to partake in so the girl that they like like oh what would she want me to do oh well, fuck what someone else wants you to do what do you want to do like what are you genuinely Interested in. Don't let, why are you letting society and other people tell you what you should do and who you should be and, and what challenges you should uh, attempt to overcome? And the other part to that is that we will, do, we will engage in challenges because we're still stuck in our adolescent self. Example, it's an adolescent boy that's seeking un- unhealthy approval from his father saying, look at me, dad, look at me. Look at me doing the big thing. Look at me just building a, a multi-million dollar company. Look at me jumping out of a plane. Look at me being an adrenaline junkie, right? Look at me uh, doing doing crime and, and uh, doing all these things and really taking big risks. Like you're going to build confidence in your craft because you're exposing yourself to it, but are you doing it for the quote-unquote right reasons? Are you doing it for aligned reasons or are you doing it from a place of trauma bonding and wounding? And so it's those two things, doing it for someone else and doing it from a place of woundedness that yes, it may breed confidence, but it's it's not sustainable, it's not connected confidence because it's coming from a deficit. It's coming from a place of, I don't want to say brokenness, it's a a perceived sense of brokenness, because we're not broken, but we perceive that we are, so we have to compensate. So challenge from compensation equates to broken confidence.
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Say that one more time, please.
1: Challenge from a compensatory place equates to broken confidence
0: and, and how would stuff how would you have a guy navigate like where it's coming from i think this also this is a mm. different conversation but i hear mm. this lot where people are like well what's the what's my intuition what sure. are what's my wounding yeah, like, yeah sure what's driving me here so how would you have a guy and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna pick this apart a bit because yeah. when i ask guys like well what do you want They're like i have no idea Okay, cool. What what if you pretended to know that what you wanted? Like, well, yeah. maybe I want this. It's like, what if you hired me to speak on your behalf as like your advocate? What would yeah. you want? They'd be like, well, I want to run a marathon. I want to do this. So how, how do how do you have a guy navigate to reach the point of okay, this is an actual test for me that's going mm. to uplevel my confidence, not this is a test for me that's just gonna assuage my already kind of fucked up ego.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, a few things. So firstly, if there's a compulsion or, or an addictive aspect attached to it, it's more than likely coming from shadow behavioral wounding. How do you tell if there's a compulsion or an addiction attached to it? It's you're so defined by it that if it doesn't happen, you're emotionally ir- ir- irregulated. Your, your nervous system is dysregulated as well. Like You're you're in emotional highs and lows. You're depressed. You're angry. You're frustrated. You can't deal with it. You're in low self-worth. You hate yourself. You isolate yourself, et cetera. There's some examples, Right. But one of the ways to really unpack how is to do that in front of other people. Have respected, trusted sources, a coach, a brotherhood, a men's group, dear friends that will challenge you and be able to see the forest through the trees that you can't see because you're stuck in it, right? You're, 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 you're too emotionally invested. Yep, yep. The other part that is, is more of a um, self-sustaining practice, and this takes time, right? Like there's no quick fixes to this. This happens over a period of time is engage in a practice of self-reflection, critical self-reflection. The Stoics, the ancient Greeks, for thousands of years, wise individuals have said, can you reflect on who you've been every day? How did your conversations go? How did you show up to life? Did you do the thing that you were most excited about? Did you say what you were going – did you do what you were going to say, sorry? The argument that I had, could I have taken – could I have seen that differently? Did I, did I engage in my practices and my beliefs today? Did I honor my relationship to God today? Whatever it may be. We're like we don't reflect enough. Oh, I did that thing today that was a little out of the ordinary. I wonder where that came from. Simply asking the fucking question – and sitting with it, just creating space, right? Not doing ayahuasca ceremony after ayahuasca ceremony after ayahuasca ceremony without fucking integration. <laughs> Welcome to new age spirituality, right? Is <laughs> me being... You live in Austin, yeah? <laughs> I, I fucking do. I definitely do. Uh, trust me, I know. it. Um, so, So create space for the question to arise without we live in a society that that rushes things so much we're to slow down i'm I'm guilty of that too i want to rush everything as well i want to rush my growth i want to rush my income i want to rush my wealth i want to rush my daughter growing up so she can talk to me and i can take her on adventures and I've i've got to slow the fuck down like we need to slow down create space we can hear things we can listen we can feel men and and you may you may then say well what if men aren't really accustomed to feeling then you've got to go on a journey of practicing feeling. That could be years. We can really, really identify. Like people say, well, how do you know the difference between like the intuition or if it's something else? And you've got to spend time with these parts of you. And, and then you'll know. I know it sounds like a, a cop-out for me to say this. Well, firstly, I don't have the answers to anything, to anything and everything anyway, but sure. you'll know it's your intuition and you'll be confident around that once you spend more time with yourself. Eventually at some point, you'll get to that going go, oh. Discernment, that's intuition. Mm. That's not.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, so if I had a, a call, this was a year ago or so with a coach who spent 45 minutes explaining to me how I needed to slow down, needed to feel more. This is how I would develop more potency, letting go of things. And I, I would listen and it was like, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. And at the end of the call, I was like, hey, do you have any like tips how to do that more quickly? Uh, <laughs> God bless. that's so fucking. good. <laughs> like, no, fuck face, I don't. Uh, actually <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, that's so good. I love it. That is that is, you are on the path, to just accelerated accomplishment. Yes, you are.
0: <laughs>
1: can can we
0: I, I love all that. Thank you so much. I think it's super helpful, especially for guys to hear from someone who is building big things, is doing a lot of things, feels like and looks like is engaged in a number of activities. To, to hear about the, the, the potency of slowing down and feeling. I, I agree with you completely. Can we make a little bit of a right turn here? Because I'm, try, I'm trying to think of what do guys want to hear? Like if I could put you in front of a room, what would men want to hear about? Fatherhood, confidence, and we're going to, I don't know if we'll go to sexuality, but I'd love first to go to money. Mm. When you work mm. with men around the topic of money, what comes up from an inner child place that they can look at and navigate more so than, hey, your marketing sucks, mm. and you need to be posting three times a day and putting call to actions and a hook in your thing? What's what's on the inside and the little boy piece that you see coming up over and over?
1: Mm. Self-worth, deservedness, enoughness, those, those three, which are all somewhat the same, slightly synonymous, but also a little different. Like they've been been told or they've been shown that they're either not enough no matter what they do, they don't deserve to have abundance, happiness, joy, space, clarity, peace, and their self-worth is shot. Like they just, I don't believe in myself. I'm of no value. I'm a piece of shit because my father beat me. Like whatever, my father left me. Mm-hmm. fill in the blanks i'm a piece of shit because i'm not worthy because i'm a, i'm undeserving because and these are underlying beliefs and some will call them limiting beliefs i don't disagree but they're more than just limiting beliefs let's just call them beliefs for a moment A cluster of beliefs that underpin what we do so our conscious mind says oh i want to make a hundred thousand bucks a month and i want to create this in the world and i want to do that but our unconscious body is saying that's not our orientation our reality is we're not enough we don't deserve it and if we get that we're going to be better than our father and we can't be better than our father because we'll be hurt or we'd be intimidated or we'd lose the connection. i have got to be like dad and dad was poor. Or dad was this. And then you've got the other example of where dad was super wealthy. I'm never going to be enough. I'm never going to reach his, his status or why even bother or super successful or whatever it is. And so self-worth, deservedness, enoughness. And we work with that energetic, right? And, and again, there's, there's, inner child healing is a modality. Somatic work is a modality. There are many other modalities as well that – that I personally use, Uh, I definitely go deep into somatics, trauma release exercises uh, associated with developmental experiences, formative-based experiences that have lodged into our psychology, Mm. social and individual, or I should say collective and individual, that then form our idea of self in the world and our self-perception. So really working with that because essentially money is just tied to self-worth.
0: Steph, for, for someone who just heard that, was like, cool, but I can't hire him and I'm really in a tough place financially. What, and and I, I, I know clearly working with people is always the accelerator, but mm. what are some steps that a guy can take on his own? Mm. And I'm saying just to get just to get the ball
1: rolling. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I, I wouldn't even, so let's just say they've identified that money's the issue Mm-hmm. I, I I, want to say eight or nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, I don't even address money. I go, great, sure. money, park it. Yeah, Everything that's underneath that, what we just discussed, that's what we work with. So if someone is in that position where they're not financially able, there are many, many books you can read. I mean, I'm just, Let me just look at some now that I've got here. My library is just across from me. Um, John Bradshaw, Homecoming mm-hmm. to Great Great book on on inner child work, and in, in, in fact, yeah, uh, John Bradshaw is great. The Inner Child Workbook is another one. Christine and I have very cost effective level one and level two inner child courses mm-hmm. that help access these parts of you that have been rejected and humiliated and abandoned, that are then connected to money. Because when we have money, now there are many uh, silent wealthy people out there that aren't in the spotlight, but at some level money buys us access and prestige and it buys us attention or it gives us attention. And some people are very scared to have any of that, right? And so much more. And so working with that inner child and working with that aspect of ourselves personally in your own space, and there's a ton of exercises in the books that are in two books that I mentioned in our inner child course as well, which is five days of of intense coursework, but really beautifully you can you know, expand over a few months. And integrate. That's a great starting point, and that's very cost effective. Mm.
0: So you're looking at what's underneath, what's underneath, what's underneath. Money is just the, the branch that's showing up for these guys.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for Beautiful. sure. And and so if you have guys, they read the book, they're doing some exercises. What are some of the things that you see kind of trickle up? Because I, I don't buy the you know I remember watching The Secret. Like five years ago and they're like right you're gonna be a billionaire on a post-it note and put it in your drawer and then a year later when you're on your yacht i was like i'm I'm not on my yacht um <laughs> I'm still in my same apartment uh i keep because you don't want a yacht
1: Trevor. Yeah. that's why it's your fault you just don't want it
0: <laughs> what, what are some of the things stuff you start to see in men specifically who and let's just take money off the table who yeah. start to do the work around inner child stuff looking at their inner child and healing their inner child i'm going to make this a two-part question what do you Mm. see and then Mm. how do you overcome the successful guy who's living in the 3d world who say makes a half a million dollars a year but he's very heady Mm. it's like bro i live on the east coast i have Mm. a sensible haircut i wear Mm. a tie to work every morning this inner child stuff's a bunch of bullshit i just need to work harder I just need to take bigger risks. So yep. one, what do you see? Two, how do you navigate the, uh, the denial yeah. that this is even a thing?
1: Yeah, yeah, great question. So what I see is a number of things, confidence being one of them, and that elevation in confidence, right? And that can translate to look like doing things that we normally wouldn't do but that we want to do, like, oh, I've been wanting to travel to um, Cambodia. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Now I can't necessarily afford it. Oh, but if I do this and do that, so creativity comes into place. Like problem solving is enhanced because we're unblocked now. We're more free. The, the, the inner child is creative and curious, and and can see the world in very different ways outside of the analytical, um, uh, sort of progressive mind. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just it, it's tapping into other places of our brain, and so risk taking increases, but healthy risk taking. Like I'm going to apply for that job that I want, but I'm not going to quit my job yet. But I'm going to apply for that job, even though I haven't had the confidence to do it before, like I feel we can do this. We? Yeah, me and my little inner children that I've connected to, the parts of my psychology that have been dormant and have been repressed and suppressed. Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That girl that that I want to ask out at work, fuck it. I'm going to ask her out. So those types of things. Now, relationships are enriched. People find themselves being a little more open and raw and real, being a little more direct when they've been passive before, but healthily direct. Sometimes the pendulum swings and they're they're a little abrasive in their directness, but they learn to equilibrate and come back. But at least they're getting out of their comfort zone. That's another thing I notice. You're going to get out of your comfort zone, you're going to get uncomfortable, you're going to express differently where you're a people pleaser, you're going to set healthier boundaries. Where you've been saying yes to everything, you start saying no. Uh you just you're making those internal changes, who you're spending time with changes as well. You might find yeah. that you're outgrowing old friendships. Yeah. Right. That's a big thing as well. Do you want me to pause there or ask yeah, the second question?
0: Pause. I just I just want to affirm that it's it's so fascinating to see a change in someone who's like, something happened overnight. Mm. All the things that were, I can't do that yesterday, are like, ah, maybe I can do that. Today you're like, what yeah. happened? Like, nothing. <laughs> stuff's course. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with it. I just, you know, I was filling out a workbook and you know, <laughs> like, drawing pictures of myself and crying yeah. out of her, but like that's irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, so I just I just appreciate the that you're putting out the idea that there is this unconscious driver.
1: Mm, because it may not
0: time. percolate up to the surface and go, oh, I yeah. healed my inner three-year-old who asked for a second ice cream cone and was yeah. told don't be greedy, and now I can't make more money than my dad that those two aren't correlated, right? Yeah. I just appreciate that. Yeah. How, how do you navigate? And it's, God, this must be like, I'll just let you answer it before I project on your answer. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> how do you navigate people who don't believe in this?
1: Yeah, that was the second question, right, yeah. essentially,
0: yeah? Yeah.
1: So I want to meet people where they're at. That's one of the reasons why I developed a, a program called Activate Your Alpha, Right, which is essentially uh, three and a half days of intense uh, pseudo special operations training because it's only three and a half days, but it is very genuine uh, special operations training, ranger battalion training. That I bring in our one of our friends, uh, Johnny Sassa. I think you know Johnny, yeah. Um, and 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 a couple other guys that were ex rangers, ex special operations, and we bring that in. Now that becomes very appealing to that guy. That's like, eh, what's this in a child shit? Oh, but you you special operations training like being a like a military guy being the best of the best like those types of challenges yeah i can do that or i want to do that i'm interested in that yeah. that's cool so given what they want Or, you know sell them what they what they want given what they need yeah but then in that there's deep deep spiritual work mm-hmm. deep, deep emotional work deep shadow work mm-hmm. and it is and i'm gonna if you don't mind i just i'm biased but there's nothing like this out there brother like the deep spiritual work that takes place in combination with this, this, this special operations military training where we 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 do break these men um, in, in healthy ways, of course. Mm-hmm. And then what comes out of it, that's where they start to feel that like I've never felt before. We take them to the edges and we hold them safely at the same time. They feel so unsafe yet so fucking safe. This is the paradox. They're so challenged and so fucking way out of their depth, way out of their fucking depth. They are so isolated, yet so connected. Mm. They are so alone, yet so together. And the paradox of all that and the fuckery of that and how articulate that is for the mind and the body opens them up and breaks them open. And that's where they start to feel. And that's where they go, wow, this is something here, Mm. especially in the post-reflection and the integration piece. So that's how I I work with with men like that. Mm. And I'm pretty open with it as well Because because it's so fucking appealing it's so, even to guys like us, right? Like, And I'll just put you in the same category as me. I know you well enough to do that. It's so appealing to go, oh, yeah, I'd like to do that. That's, yeah. that's fucking challenging. I'd, I'd be in that. That sounds super fun right here. Like, wait a minute. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that gives them permission, step? It's like, hey, I've broken myself down today. I've climbed the hill. I've done the pull-ups. I've done the freezing water. I've shot the guns. Now I feel like I'm tough enough to allow the emotional piece or is it a gateway
1: how does that work i think i think a combination of both man and it depends on the individual i think it it's it's both if i had to choose one or the other not that you're asking me to do that but i'd say it's more of a gateway but that permission piece definitely exists for that personality type i'll speak for myself man i still have and this is a this is a wound in a pattern right i used food as a young child to cope with with violence and difficulty and and all that stuff Food still shows up in my life, man. Like I still train in the morning, and I still I will still have a conscious thought of Did I train hard enough today? To do I essentially do I deserve to eat today? great. Right. Like that's the other part of that. Right. Do I deserve because I've, I'm feast or famine? Like, do I deserve to eat today? Mm. The element of that that still exists within me, I, I'm not the only man that sure. has that. I know that. Sure. And, and so that deservingness piece, like I've, I've worked for it, I deserve it. There's a healthy uh, expression of that as well, by the way. I just think most of us are stuck in unhealthy expressions of that. Um, But that plays a part, yes.
0: Mm. That's a big one, Steph.
1: Mm.
0: And that's something that you have to navigate on the the daily.
1: Yep, I do, man. Like this morning, I'll give you an example, right? So this morning, worked out with a couple of guys. Our workout was like 30 minutes. Now, given it was my heart rate for like 20 of those minutes. So that included warm-up. So my heart rate for 20 of those minutes because the workout was like 20 minutes so short for me by my standards. short my right. heart rate was fucking jacked, man like was 170 something plus pretty much the whole way too i haven't done that for a while but still there's part of me like eh, i didn't train long enough mm. didn't do, i didn't do enough with that probably could have done even if i just you know jogged a couple of miles after that just another 15 20 minute, like volume you know just to just to warrant uh my input mm.
0: so how if, i just want to take the last few minutes if you wouldn't mind what is your process of navigating that thought? Yeah. What's your personal process?
1: Yeah. I, I really go into compassion on judgment, man, because that's been so liberating for me. So I, I have to get back into that. Uh, not Sorry. Not, I, I said that as if like I'm not doing that. I, 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 I always do my best to come back to compassion on judgment. So if I'm having those thoughts, I just meet them with curiosity. I literally go, oh, okay, cool. Let me just sit with that. Not why well, am I being a fucking idiot? Or well, I can't believe I'm fucking thinking of this still, or I'm 40 years old and I've still got this issue. Like what's going on? Right. Which makes the issue, the non-issue really an issue. Right. And so I just get curious about it and then I just and I also sit with giving myself permission to eat regularly and normal. And I don't have to be elite all the time. And I don't
0: right. have to be
1: so hard on myself. That that's my internal process. And it's it's a navigation, man. It still exists.
0: Yeah. I really appreciate the honesty about that. I I think uh, anybody, especially who's trained at the level that you have and eaten at the level where you know, oh, for these two years of my life, everything was on point. Mm. But I was 28, and like you didn't have a kid, you didn't have a thriving business, you weren't married. It was like, what did you do all day? I worked out and I weighed my food. And and for a lot of guys, I mean, this could be a whole nother conversation of men and food and eating disorders is not something that we're it's not on, on the cover of a lot of magazines, uh, but I know it's something that a lot of men deal with. Uh, so just I, I think the grace is the, the when you say compassion and empathy and curiosity, to me it sounds like you, you call in a lot of grace.
1: Yeah, it's a good way to put it. I, I do my best to, to be in that space, yes.
0: Would you mind sharing in the last two, three minutes how you can – how do I ask this question? A lot of guys don't have that grace. A lot of guys won't give themselves that grace. Mm. A lot of guys think if I do that, I'm a fucking pussy. Mm. If I don't beat the shit out of myself, if I don't actually go, you know what, you're 40. You should have gotten over this a long time ago. Mm. How did you develop a practice and a relationship with grace?
1: Mm. Uh, Twofold. So the first, in no particular order, but the first is – and I'll just side note tangent for a moment, the shadow side of the self-love movement is hyper-individuality, right? The truth and the reality is, from my perspective at least, and I would think evolutionary psychology would agree with this, is that, and not that evolutionary psychology is the be-all and end-all, I just think it's a modality of understanding self-consciousness, the world, our origins and evolution that matters, would say that we're relational beings, right? And we do need each other. In healthy ways, not codependent, unhealthy ways, but we need each other. We
0: definitely do.
1: And so I think creating examples of what grace looks like in our lives, being deliberate. You know, Dr. John D. Martini would say, own the traits of the greats. So see the people that you admire in the world, look at what their traits are, and then own them within you. But the point of that is that you have external references that help you see aspects of yourself. So when you surround yourself with people that are honest with you and that challenge you, and that care for you and love you, they will and that, that are, and have something that you want, i.e. grace, then you will learn how to better be practiced, more proficient at grace yeah. for yourself, whatever that looks like. You'll develop your own sense of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The other part to that is identifying I want grace in my life. I'm not sure what it looks like, so I'll revert back to the first thing that I said, right, and then I'll create space in my day or my week to practice grace, even if it's a little orchestrated or a little um, acted out, right? Sort of fake it till you make it. But I'm going to practice grace. I'm going to try it on. Mm. And when you, over a period of time, if if it's really important to you, you know, we have to assume responsibility and autonomy around this. Like if it's really important to you, you'll make it work. Like you'll you'll you'll, you'll delve deeper and you'll get it. You pick up on that. Mm.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the well, shit man. out of you. Likewise, oh. man anything you got coming up you'd love to share with people any way people can find you work with more with you get get the 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 program with the the rangers and inner child work like where are you hanging out i know you're posting uh beautiful erotica seven times a day on instagram (laughs) 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 Uh, where else can people get more of your work brother
1: yes thank you you can jump on my website um so there's a there's a mpoweredbrotherhood.com there's stefanossafandos.com my any of my social media channels at stefanossafandos um elementum coaching institute where we train coaches to be epic coaches and we we teach a lot there i um, mean you get direct coaching and teaching from me as well i'm um, still so we are still uh, the owners my wife and i and our, our another our friend friends of ours a our couple of ours alexi and Preston, we're still very active in that um, so just just really feeling fulfilled in my life at the moment with respect to that. Um, still wanting to do more, but coming to greater grace and peace with temporarily not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are the places where you can find me.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thanks, brother. I look forward to sitting down with you again in person soon and uh, oh, again in front of a mic as well. Love you, cheers. Love you too, man. This is Trevor Bohm signing off on another episode of the Uncivilized Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please give us a share. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes, and if you're interested in getting a hold of my book, Man Uncivilized, whether you're a man or a woman, please go to www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the book and get reading.